0: You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am honored to introduce you to Livia Zufrelli, who's a senior marketing executive with more than 20 years of experience across retail, consumer goods, fashion, and advertising. As a strategic brand builder and creative marketer, she's helped companies enter new markets, launch new brands, and relaunch existing offerings to keep pace with evolving consumer needs. Her broad areas of expertise include consumer insights, brand strategy, marketing planning, communication strategy, digital strategy, advertising, and creative content development. Livia, thank you for joining us today.
1: Man, you sound, you made me sound really good. Thanks for that. (laughs) 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 Pleasure to be here.
0: (laughs) We're just setting that bar.
1: Um, now, with
0: with all that experience, w- uh, every great hero has an origin story. Tell us about yours. Where did where did you come from, and and how did you get to the place we are today?
1: Well, mine, I would, I always say my my kind of background was a little bit circuitous. So the irony of all of this is. When I was, I think in grade 12, I remember you know, thinking, what do I wanna do with my life? And you're, you're starting to think about universities and everything. And I have to preface this by saying, I have immigrant parents who came from mm-hmm. nothing, came over from Italy, you know, the typical story of to give, to give their kids a better life, that sort of thing, right? So in grade 12, I said to them, you know, I think I wanna go into art or advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wanna be in a creative sort of world. And the answer to that was, um, no, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, you know, that typical sort of story. And and so uh, probably succumbing to some of that peer pressure, you know, some of that familial pressure, I um, actually went into school for economics and finance originally and kind of put to the side all of those creative interests I had a little bit and uh, was the good good sort of daughter, went to Waterloo took a bunch of business courses, I really enjoyed it. But um, that led me into a career of management consulting, which was awesome. And I learned so much and thought, you know, this is a, a practical MBA, what have you. But I ultimately was really missing out on what I felt was like a more creative sort of side of me and something that was more about the storyteller, that the that the role that I was in and some of the the degree that I did didn't really address that facet of my personality. So. It's um, I would say the first sort of view into marketing, which I you know, perceived as the more creative uh, you know, creative side of the business strategy world I was working in, came about six years into my career. So I left Monitor, which was the management consulting firm I was at. I went into retail and worked in corporate strategy. And in that capacity, I found a love of marketing because I was working on some marketing initiatives with the marketing department. And, um, and that's really where I began my marketing journey and two years after discovering sort of that world, I actually ended up in advertising. So it was sort of funny that, that grade 12 me. So what would I have been then 18 or so? Um, I sort of knew what I wanted to do and I eventually made it into advertising and then subsequently into other roles. So I don't know if that answered it, but that's great. (laughs) I eventually got to where I needed to.
0: (laughs) And tell us about your role today. What What is the title you have and what is kind of a typical week or month look like for you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I have come back, ironically, I've come back into management consulting. So I'm with Deloitte now and uh, Deloitte actually bought Monitor several years ago. So it's almost like I'm a boomerang that I came back home after 20 plus years. Um, but I'm specifically focused on a partner in our customer and marketing group and that area of our business, we really focus on working with chief marketing officers and marketing executives. And across all aspects of the of the marketing value chain, we look to provide advisory and other support, uh, whether it be you know brand strategy, marketing strategy all the way through to implementation of marketing technology to help create more kind of personalized and, and relevant campaigns, those sorts of things. So that's that's my my sort of external client facing role. What I also do as sort of side of desk, I call it, is I run our chief marketing officer program, which is really um, an initiative out of Deloitte Canada, which is focused on creating a bit of a network for senior executives in Canada in the marketing world creating thought leadership pieces. You know, pre-COVID, we had networking events. Now they're all virtual, of course. And it's really meant, you know, I love this I love this field. It's, it's a smallish field in Canada. I feel like um, there's a lot of opportunities in the US to do this sort of networking at the CMO level and what have you, but less so in Canada. So that's what I'm trying to create here as well at, uh, at Deloitte.
0: It's amazing. So there's a CMO listening right now. Uh, how does she or he join this club? Or, or, or this group or this network.
1: Fine. Yeah, no, it's great. Thank you. Uh, so find me on LinkedIn, Olivia Zuferly and, and ping me, send me a note and uh, we'll get you included. Or you can also send a note, an email to CMO Program at deloitte.ca.
0: Amazing. And what could they expect? What does it look like? Is it kind of like Zoom calls and kind of a, a private Slack ch- chat or what is yeah. it? For, well,
1: what yeah, well, we've been doing lately. So we actually kick it off last year. So we're about a year and a bit in. Um, ironically, nice. it was I think, the last event I did or attended pre COVID lockdowns, So it was last February. Um, so I really miss, I miss humans, I miss interacting and uh, shaking hands and all those good things that we used to do. Um, so now what we're doing is actually monthly webcasts where I invite, it's on a different topic. So Deloitte, we once a year republish uh, our global marketing trends report, and we typically cover off, you know, seven or eight trends that we see as being key to kind of marketers um, and the consumer realm every year. And we published that in October. So we just published our 2021 report. And every month since then, I've been doing a different chapter within that report as a webcast and inviting CMOs um, to come and speak on a panel. So we just did one on trust last week, which was fantastic. Had some great CMOs and presidents speaking on that. We have one upcoming on human experience, how to design a more human Centered sort of enterprise and, and go to market as a more human centric organization. So some great topics So I, I gotta ask this Why
0: do you think we as people and and maybe people in particular job roles? Need to meet peers and, and need each other. Like why, why do you put the energy and time into creating this? Yeah. this network?
1: You know, I think first of all so a great example is even on this this call that I had last week we had one of our executives who's in the you know transportation industry speaking about the pressures of covid and how to regain trust and what have you and through some of her experiences that she was sharing and some of these initiatives that that they're trying at her organization one of my other panelists who's in the hospitality industry was like oh my god that is an amazing idea i'm going to try that now in my restaurant you know and so this cross pollination of ideas like i think that Particularly, I like to say, th- I like to think, anyway, that marketers are super curious. I think that's a trait that defines, you know, this. If you choose to go in this field, it's because you're wondering how things work and how the human brain works, and you know what what's influencing others and everything. And so, this curiosity um, is natural. And when we kind of work within our peer group and try to understand what others are doing and what they're seeing, I think it just it, it rises the tide. You know, the rising tide sort of lifts us all. So, I think that's important. And that's and just think in general we tend to be more extroverted so you know having that kind of network and the ability to build off of each other's energy is is so important i know i miss that face-to-face interaction but i'll take the virtual if i can so
0: it's amazing thank you that's so cool you're doing this um global marketing trends the report you've come out you know comes out every yeah. year um give us some highlights what what are things that we we need to we need to know about and um, we'll make sure we put a link to the, the doc oh, as well in the show notes for people to download. But tell me some highlights that people should be be aware of.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I would say, you know, it's it's interesting. We did our first our first ever reports in 2020, and this was pre-COVID. And some of the themes that launched then actually are back in this year's report. So they were, you know, not to say we had a crystal ball and could predict COVID, of, of course, but um, but the trends only became almost like amplified as a result of the various crises this year. So we really have focused on this notion, as I just mentioned, of human experience. Like at the core, we have to stop thinking about customers and employees and in partners and all of this as disparate sort of entities, you know. And we have to really distill some of these insights and the ways that we're crafting our our narratives and our stories and our approaches all around humans, you know, like we all tick a certain way, we have emotion, we have analytical sides. And so it's really about distilling some of that marketing genius, you know, and focusing it on what is goal, what resonates with humans? And how do you create not just a logical connection, but an emotional one, um, particularly in a time now where that notion of connectivity and belonging is, is so kind of, you know, impacted as a result of our as a result of COVID really. So we focus on human experience a lot. Trust is a key topic, you know, clearly um, trust with with respect to consumers, but also how do you maintain and, and engage in trust with your employees and other stakeholders. And so really looking at that ecosystem has been really important. You know, some trends, which I think are typical agility is so, you know, clearly so important as we move to more greater adoption of digital transformations and what have you as a result of COVID and otherwise just just the future moving towards more digital future agility is so key Um, so we talk about that as well but I do think that the one theme or trend that I get asked to speak about most often is purpose so we we spend quite a bit of the report talking about purpose and not as a I think you know to a certain degree I don't know if you agree but like everybody's speaking purpose right now and it can feel like a bit of a buzzword. It can feel maybe a bit trite, you know, and, and the way that we're thinking about it is very much about has your organization identified a core set of values by which you live by, but you make your decisions by it's not just about a communication platform or, you know, a campaign. It's really fundamentally about how the organization is making decisions and governing across all aspects, you know, whether it be their, you know, or your own people processes, your supplier relationships, whatever it might be. So I think, um, you know, determining that value system and living it consistently, and making tough decisions based on that value system, that's where we're really, you know, focusing, I think, this year's uh, report and discussions around.
0: Wow. So uh, things like, for example, the B Corp certification, if, if yeah. someone is going to look to see if they're B Corp or, or marketing the B Corp logo, because I still find most people in Canada don't even know what that B Corp logo means. It's just Absolutely. a little B in a circle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's about telling your own story in a genuine way, of course. And, you know, we always say being authentic is important, but it's about it's about not just setting up a promise or that sort of vision of, you know, or purpose, as we're saying in this context, but, how, how are you consistently delivering on that? And is it and is it legitimate? And is it honest and truthful? And I think, if anything, you know, all the crises of, of this past year, and I'm talking not just about COVID, but all the socio economic crises as well, would be around, you know, just let's just be honest more often, you know, let's just be truthful and transparent. And that sometimes brands and, you know, just like humans, but it, you know, you're in a, you're in a, point of vulnerability, you're exposed a bit more, but I think that that's what, in my opinion, consumers are looking for. They're looking to associate with brands that are just more authentic and feel real and that there's not all this, you know, um, disingenuous behavior. Like, you know, we've seen some brands, which I won't get into detail that have, you know, had some public, um, Blowback with respect to some of their marketing, you know, policies and and use of influencers and what have you recently, and and those things do stick. I think it it speaks to really the the core of the brand and what you believe in. And anyway, yeah, we'll get started. No, uh, it's no, it's
0: (laughs) yeah. We're we're watching the the, you know the the shifting sands of you know. I'd say accountability, and you know, it's it's been extreme at times, and maybe I think it'll write itself to just good, hopefully healthy accountability for brands.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. so i i need to ask um, deloitte most people know it as an accounting firm So and, and i, and I <laughs> assume when, when you say i work at deloitte yeah, yeah. They, they think you know I, i'm an accountant right and there's also a very famous tiktok you know trend right where it's like you know what do you do for a living i'm an accountant right it's like the safe yeah. word so when you explain you work at deloitte and but yet what you do is does not seem like accounting like how do those worlds merge what, what is the yin and yang of that or, um, or, or maybe yeah how they bake together so well
1: Yeah, you you are reading my mind. It's so funny. Still, to this day, I would say my, you know, my father has no idea what I do. And Deloitte to him, like, I think he thinks I've become an accountant overnight. Um, He's asked me to do his taxes all the time now. And I'm just just like, that's not (laughs) happening. Um, No, it's so true. Because, you know, Deloitte is a is a large company. And, you know, at the at the top definition we call ourselves a professional services firm but i do think mm-hmm. that that almost the brand equity has largely lived in that accounting space or the audit space but you know our consulting business which is where i live and and our, and our advisory business is such a large part of what we do in canada and i do think that you know from a from our own like if i look inside our own house like we need to do a better job of branding or you know ensuring that that brand is understood that it's more than just one side of that accounting piece, which is maybe where the legacy lives. Um, Because the consulting offering is so broad based, like we consult across every industry out there. We touch probably the majority of companies in Canada and, and have quite the global footprint. So what we've been doing a little bit more to differentiate ourselves, you know, in the customer and marketing space is we tend to go to market under our Deloitte digital brand. And that I think would just you know, that has been in place for the last several years, um, just like it is globally. And that connotes a little bit of a different offering, which is, you know, we're in the space of creating experience, designing and creating experiences that sort of are, you know, on the cusp of this or driving this digital transformation forward. And as such, there's a lot of services around that that we offer, like marketing and and what have you. but no, it can be tough. Like we were just profiled in, in a large national um newspaper the other day for this major contract that we won with the federal government. And it's a major initiative. It has to do with COVID, significant, you know, impact in in Canada and on, on Canadian citizens as well. And it was at, you know, basically Deloitte, an accounting firm, won this contract. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it is part of what we do. So Yes, we definitely, um, we definitely have sometimes to overcome that barrier of perception with some of the executives we're dealing with. And, and part of why I'm trying to introduce the CMO program and, and just have more of these discussions and this narrative is to show like, we have such a breadth of capability. To be honest, I was even surprised when I came to Deloitte. I just joined again, two years ago. And when mm-hmm. I saw what we could do, it was really, we're almost like, our own best kept secret. So we're going to tell that story a little bit more. So thanks for having me here to tell that story.
0: (laughs) You're very welcome.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com/purpose. Parker: Engineering Your Success. If you’re a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don’t have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause, and MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance.
0: Maybe tell me what, for you personally, where, where do you go as far as like um, podcasts or books or e-newsletters that you subscribe to? So you stay inspired and encouraged and, and where do you go kind of to, to drink from the well of knowledge or, or ideas?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So I sort of, you know, I don't frequent one podcast specifically. Like I'm kind of always, depending on the mood, I'm I'm sort of moving around. And, and lately I've been super interested in just reading all things about Psychology and emotion and, and what have you. Yes. So I just started um, a podcast right now through the Knowledge Project on just like how to you know on emotion and how the brain works. Basically, um, I would say you know I go through the standard briefings, obviously you know with strategy magazine and with campaign and what have you. So just to keep abreast of what's happening from the advertising and brand sort of showcase, but. I'm equally as likely to be found on HBR reading business issues. So it's I, I find it's very much like multifaceted. I don't just you know probably the the type of book I read the least is a business book. To be honest, I much prefer to to just read smaller pieces or listen to smaller pieces of content on a specific topic that interests me in that moment. I go down rabbit holes. I think that's my yeah <laughs> that's my path. That's awesome. but yeah and I also am lucky to have a diversity of folks around me. so uh, one of the members of my team, he's a creative director and he used to work with me back in my target days when I led marketing at target and so he's super plugged into all of the des- design oriented publications and and websites and newsletters. so he's flipping me things all the time. I'm like, oh, okay, so that's good that that satisfies and you know some of my creative yeah. needs so yeah.
0: I, I, I want to throw this at you. If if you think like if you ever did like a Berkman or a Myers Briggs or an Enneagram with all these CMOs, um, you know whatever you're familiar with, maybe you don't need to mention like the numbers or the letter or whatever. But yeah. what, is, what is something you notice in common amongst this group of CMOs? What you mentioned extroverted. What yeah. else is something that? You're like man, this is really neat about CMOs. They all tend to do what, say, or tend to yeah. act like what.
1: I would say in in you know again generalization but yes all tend to be fantastic storytellers okay. and very and cool. so that has been you know it's funny because when I when I first actually came to Deloitte and and some of the folks more on the technology side of the house or non-marketers let's say were like boy you marketing folks are interesting because like you're all very good at like talking and 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 telling a story and i'm like well it's not just about being gregarious i think or being extroverted per se but it's about understanding the key messages understanding how to construct a narrative right and understanding how to bring that to life and that's that's and not to say that that's disingenuous or anything but i just think that part of our dna is a little bit of like how to convey in an engaging way and through use of empathy you know to understand what your audience wants to take in you know how do you tell that story so that would be my one observation though i would say you know it's super interesting is um being in the field now 20 plus years i did find back you know back in the day um you had almost this delineation of your your really classically trained marketers right those that came from your cpg world and kind of new brands and brand planning and we're operating on this you know this more sort of one year planning cycle. And it was a very much a a brand led, you know, um, activity in some ways with deep infusion of creativity and, and what have you versus at that time, the emerging more data, centric marketers that were coming through the pipe, you know, often found maybe in different departments within a company. They weren't in the marketing group. They were either potentially in loyalty or they were in the merchandising group. If you're in retail, they were doing all the data science and figuring out propensity models to buy and what have you. Um, So you almost have these two camps and increasingly, you know, now as I look and I talk to a lot of CMOs and we're sort of profiling, what's that, what's that CMO portrait look like now? Um, or executive or senior marketer, you are seeing these worlds come together and have to come together much more, right? Like you can't just be that creative, brand led marketer anymore and lead a bank or lead a major retailer from a marketing function. It's it's just not gonna work. Um, So this coming together of those skills, like we recently did this graphic, infographic of what is the CMO of the future or essentially today look like and you know these different faces so one being that storyteller that i just mentioned which i think is still the commonality and and has left lived through time but then you also have the innovator i think a lot Mm -hmm. of companies are looking to to the marketing department that typically houses the consumer insights right to be like that innovation engine then you have the business really taking into account the 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 marketer and in their role as like chief, you know almost chief growth officer like how are you commercializing right. and driving growth? So it's that aspect, then the data piece of it, right? And so there's just like such a multi multifaceted view. I think it's it's a fascinating time, a scary time, but a fascinating time mm-hmm. to be a CMO.
0: That's really cool. And, and what a place for you to be in the, the gatherer of such you are convening them. Yes. And I get to learn
1: from all of them and it's amazing. So rather than, you know, just be in one organization as a head of marketing or chief, you know, like a senior marketer myself, I get to be surrounded by, you know, some of Canada's best talent and learn from them and and their different experiences. So it's uh, no, it's, it's a fascinating time.
0: Um, Is there a fee to join this group? No, you're charging. Okay,
1: nothing. Totally join free. Join my group. Okay, join the free. group. It's great. Okay. It's very. We have some good chats. We keep it pretty light. You know, as you can tell, I'm not a. I, I'm a little bit. I'm less accountant and I'm more <laughs> brand person. So our webcasts are are pretty entertaining. Not that there's anything wrong with accountants. You might have to take that yes, piece out yes. of the podcast. <laughs>
0: But but in a sense, though, like, but what you are saying in affirmation of like, the, the beauty of art and science, and, and yes. the, the future of the, you know, the today CMO and the future CMO is, is art and science mixed together. So even though you're different, you've learned to love each other and respect each other. And so uh, and, and as you and, you know, in the world of Deloitte is a great example, you personify art and science, literally in one house together.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's really amazing what you can do, right? When you bring these different sort of disciplines and, and mindsets like we talk a lot about obviously diversity and diversity is top of mind yeah. you know you know yeah. these days obviously and, and as it should be there's also diversity of thought which is so critical yeah. and what i've found is that you know and I, and I do count deloitte as part of this i wouldn't i wouldn't just say this but this openness to bring in people of different profiles that are very different from even what the organization would have had before. Right. But bringing in these different skill sets and profiles, because through that diversity of thought, you just get such a richness and you, you test Mm. each other and you put, you know, like things that might not have come to the table, come to the table now. And so that's what I'm enjoying the most. And I think it goes back to, again, just curiosity and wanting to do things a bit differently. So where I'm at in my career right now, like I don't want to just, you know, there's no desire to just dial it in and, and, you know, and just do do what you always knew or do what's expected. Like, this is a time to just grow and develop. And I think that for me, from a career standpoint, has been what's been the most sort of motivating.
0: Incredible. It's incredible. Well, uh it's a new it's time to do one of our newest segments, which I'm very excited Ooh. about, uh called the Rapid Fire Time. So okay, um, you feeling ready? You feeling ready?
1: I'm scared, but ready.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect. Great. That's the best way to, to be sometimes. Um what was your first job you ever had?
1: First job, I was a caterer at an Italian wedding hall. Because Amazing. my uncle ran the wedding hall. <laughs> oh, and I was forced, yeah, it's
0: always a relative, right? It was
1: forced yeah. labor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your friend's mom or dad or your yeah relative gets you. Always I was 14, so that's I awesome. think
1: technically I wasn't allowed to work. But, you know, in small town Sudbury, yeah. we just did what we did. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Are you a night owl or early bird?
1: Oh, night owl. Hate mornings. Don't uh, talk to me before yeah. 10 a.m. Yeah, that's the rule.
0: Uh, cat person or dog?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. 11 months ago, I would have said cat. I just got a pandemic puppy. And now okay. I understand why people are dog people. Okay, awesome. So even though I have cats and a dog, I'm going to be a dog Hmm. person now. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Dark or milk chocolate?
1: Oh, for sure milk. I don't understand dark chocolate at all. If you're going to have chocolate, you got to go all the way and you have the sweet chocolate. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Red or white wine?
1: Red these days for sure. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Tim Hortons or Starbucks?
1: Oh, that one's tough. Tim Hortons was like my in my veins in Sudbury because we didn't have a Starbucks until I think last year. Um, now it would be more Starbucks, but I'll okay. go back. My Sudbury persona would still be uh, Tim Hortons when I go back home.
0: <laughs> okay, um, are you Canucks or Leafs fan?
1: I'm gonna say Leafs. I have to be. I have to go local. I'm supporting local.
0: Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, dessert of choice. Oh
1: any and all um oh okay. my gosh so tough sweet tooth anything i will eat yeah, anything urban, urban. yeah
0: that's great uh number 1 on your bucket list right now
1: hmm number 1 would be that's so tough, probably to go to petra yeah
0: Amazing. Yeah. amazing amazing uh favorite word right now
1: oh my god that's such a good question hmm i don't know can i tell you <laughs> one word i can't stand anymore?
0: Yeah, totally. That's a great one. That's a good favorite word that, okay. or or least favorite word.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think now that it's so I cannot hear the word unprecedented anymore.
0: Unprecedented. I was gonna I was going to say unprecedented. I was going to guess
1: that. That's a yeah. big yeah. I am
0: <laughs> Oh, that's so hilarious.
1: Over it that um yes. like it, that just has to go to, to go, you know, that has to die with 2020 basically. Yes. Okay. I that, okay. That word, I like the word crystallize. I've been using that quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's very cool.
0: Um, <laughs> last charity you supported uh, financially or volunteer time and why?
1: So it would be the Alzheimer's Society and that's because I just recently lost my mom to Alzheimer's. And okay, so it's okay. uh, very close to my heart. Yeah.
0: Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, favorite movie uh, to watch on a
1: cozy night? Oh, favorite movie oh my gosh you know what okay this is one thing about my personality i know this is supposed to be rapid fire and i'm not yeah. letting you do it yeah, rapid fire because right. i talk yeah, too much it's, yeah. it's a the marketer in me and b the italian in me so yeah well, um it. if it's a night of just like need to turn my brain off and yeah. just want to yeah. indulge it's going to be probably sex in the city one the yes, first one yes, the second yes. one was terrible yes. sorry yeah i know, say that i know they're coming back out with a reboot um that probably would be it. I, you know what? I don't, I tend not yeah. like to have tons of favorites. I'm so mood okay. driven. Yeah. Yeah. It has yeah. to be like, That's great. whatever I listen to or watch has to be totally yeah. aligned to my mood of that moment.
0: Okay. So, next question being uh, Do you have a favorite song currently on repeat that you're enjoying?
1: Mm, currently, yes. I'm listening to this random song called Handbreak. Yeah. from some band I'd never heard of before. And yeah. I discovered them on a Spotify playlist that was like okay. all French jazz. Anyway, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you the cool. band.
0: <laughs> no, that's great, that's awesome. And if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing right now?
1: I would be a fashion designer.
0: Amazing. Probably poor uh, and
1: struggling, but in Milan yeah, yeah. somewhere, uh, most likely.
0: <laughs> amazing Fabric rolls all around you. Pins oh, that'd hair. be my
1: happy place. Happy place, yeah.
0: Amazing. Uh, what's an app on your phone you can't live without
1: these days peloton because yeah, yeah. uh, i might not have gotten uh covid 19 but i definitely got my covid 10 which is my extra 10 pounds from uh mm-hmm. nothing but red wine and milk chocolate yes. as we yes. just talked about yeah. so peloton yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. yeah
0: yes i i just downloaded it um i don't have a bike but the outdoor runs yeah. are incredible so yeah, that, i don't have a bike either yeah,
1: exactly. I'm doing the runs as well, and I—I I yeah. never have like I hate running, and I just started yeah. two, three weeks ago, and I'm actually into yeah. it. And I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, Jess Jen Sims, I think is her name, is my favorite. It's like these. 20 oh, she's great. Run, and then she. She's great. And then you it's go great. back and she does like a five minute stretch with you. And she's like my friend now who yeah. I run with. And I feel like connected. I've never like tweeted her or messaged her okay. to be like, oh, I feel like we're friends. But I feel like I want to <laughs> one day because we you spend so that. much time together. I, and she's like, I she's did, like uh, you can believe in yourself. You can do hard things, Darian. You, I feel like yeah. she says that to me, but you know, yeah.
1: She is. I think she's awesome. feeling that. She's sending you those cues. I do Bex Gentry sometimes, but she's so tough. Okay. I'm like,
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It
1: might be too hardcore oh. for me. I need to like go down a beginner.
0: It's <laughs> awesome. Um, what is a streaming service you can't live without?
1: So I quite honestly flip on a. I I flip between Netflix, prime, yeah. um, yes. yeah, on a daily basis. So it's just, again, yes. like okay. whatever, I feel like yeah. I finished Netflix, which is concerning me. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I finished it. And this now... year, there's a new
0: movie every week. New movie every week on Netflix. Okay. in Twenty twenty one. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't. So. I
1: just discovered this great. Was it on Netflix? I think it was. Call my agent. Have you seen that? Uh, that no, uh, I series? haven't seen it. Okay. So it's yeah. it's in French. It's there's four seasons. Yeah. I binged it this weekend, and then yeah. because it's in French, I actually ended up thinking in French for the rest of the next few days. Like That's so I watched cool. so that much so of cool. it, it changed my like language system in my own brain. So amazing. Yeah.
0: I watched Lupin, which is in French, with English subtitles. Oh, it's,
1: I started it's kind of, it! Is it good? I only got one episode. I right? liked
0: it. It's very heisty, except for not a spoiler, but it doesn't wrap at the end. It's, it's oh. getting you set up for the second season. So it's, it leaves you kind of like, what? Yeah, I like and, closure. And, and yeah. yeah, there's no closure, <laughs> zero closure. Okay, so. good to know. Um, and, and last but not least, which is, I think, a very great question for you, your favorite children's story.
1: My favorite children's story. Oh my gosh, you know that's a tough one because I don't have kids, so I don't like have talk of
0: maybe as when you were a child, or it could be even you can go young adult.
1: Your favorite young. Can adult. I tell you something? Is that yes. because I was I grew up in a very Italian household? I did not yes, benefit yes. from the typical. I got told Italian stories. Um, yes, yes. That didn't appear in paperback here. You know, in Canada. Um, but I would say when I was a young adult, I was addicted to yes. Nancy Drew.
0: Yes, okay. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. a new movie just came out on Netflix about hey, Nancy Drew, which is well then no, no. obviously cool, so. I didn't
1: finish Netflix. I have to go watch that. Okay,
0: thing. yeah, Nancy. It's amazing. I watched it with my kids and my wife came down and watched for a bit because she's like, Oh, I grew up with this, and she like yeah. knew the characters. I love Nancy awesome. Drew. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very cool, very cool. You know what's interesting? I grew up, my dad um came over as a refugee from Hungary. But then he married my mom, who is Canadian Indigenous. Um, but his three older sisters all married Hungarian men here in Canada. Oh! And so I watched my cousins all grow up in this like Hungarian household where they learned the language, they ate the yeah. food. So I ended up going to Victoria and um, visiting more with one of my uh, you know uncles and aunts, where I got to learn uh, some of the language and pick up some of the food. Amazing. So I uh, amazing. I, uh, well, can I? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I'll tell you what my earliest childhood memory was, which I thought maybe you'd ask. Um, I actually, and this is, like, I feel like I should have written that, you know, remember that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where they profiled what it was like to grow up in a Greek? I should have done the Italian one a long time ago, because there'd be no Uh, hyperbole. Like, what I lived was this. So my earliest memory, I believe, like, real crystal clear memory, I think I was, like, four-ish. I was helping my dad make salami in our basement kitchen because mm. obviously Italians have two kitchens, yeah. you know, the one you use yeah. and the one that's for just show. And uh, I was making salami with my father, had the meat press, like the meat grinder, and I'm actually yeah. grinding yeah. in there. And we're watching Dan Marino play football for, mm. um, was he, was he Mar- Miami Dolphins? I forget now. Anyway, yeah. quarterback. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I know no that hotel. mostly because of Ace Ventura. Yeah, that's yeah. how I know Dan Marino. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it was like, literally, that's my memory. And we grew up in such an Italian household, more so than all of my relatives that still live in Italy. Like, they're like, why are you making salami and prosciutto? You know, you yeah. could go buy it at the store. I'm like, how are we, how are we more like Italian yeah. than you are right now anyway? But it, it was good. It, it gave me a very uh, interesting upbringing and childhood, which I still value today, Amazing. so. Amazing.
0: Well, yeah. thank you for coming on the show today. Um, Those that are listening, make sure we put, yeah, it's been so great. We're going to put your LinkedIn uh, link in the show notes. We'll put a link out to the global marketing trends uh, doc that came out in October. And I am excited even to look up that CMO of the future today infographic and to check that out. Uh, Really appreciate being here today. So
1: great to chat with you. Thank you. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll chat again soon one day.
0: Be awesome. Thanks everyone for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio
1: thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies.